You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh. Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad. Uh, sort of, and an sure FPL did. manager once said seven out of ten ain't bad. Is that Not how bad. we're feeling about game week eight? Yeah, seven ten split bad. Seventy percent of matches reasonable i don't know you yeah. know it's, 70 percent uh, <laughs> of matches is a is a miracle by premier league standards these days that's true you know, given that's the last true. couple of years i know they really do have a an emerging credibility problem that uh I, and that's not entirely their fault but it does feel like it's a little too easy to postpone a premier league game right now and you know you was, work you work yeah. it's 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 on it's an on the nose metaphor because i'm going to talk about people calling out sick and we have gone mm-hmm. through two plus years of a global pandemic. But does yeah. the Premier League feel a little bit like that colleague who is like very quick to call out sick? Like yeah, a little tickle in is, my throat, not coming that in is, today. That is the absolute perfect way to do it, which I think the postponed matches, of course, you know, we're, we're already in a very clustered season. And that's that's not, that is that is actually not the Premier League's fault. That is very much a Qatar World Cup situation that we're dealing with, uh, along with the fact that we're just kind of like we're still on like a bit of a lag, you know, from 2020. It's like the everything's still like a little crunched, it feels like, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's, and so, you know, dropping these matches, I, I think from a fan perspective, it's it's OK. And in some cases, like with Brighton. It's maybe it's for the best, right? You're still there's, you know, there's, they, they get through the international break to to bring in a new manager. Presumably, they'll have one by the time the matches return in October. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, there are no matches next weekend. This is the international break has begun as of uh, the recording of this podcast. Um, so officially, officially, we've inaugurated. We record. We inaugurated it. Yeah, uh, but I think from a from a fantasy perspective, it, it it's pretty tough to to lose these matches. And I was telling you. Uh, before we started the pod, I, I saw a friend who I kind of coaxed into trying fantasy Premier League out for the first time this season, and uh, I saw him this morning. and He said, eh, "I'm out," you know. And it was just yeah. he's he was he was really into the the lead, you know he's an American. He's really into the leads thing with with Jesse March, and you know he's like two weeks in a row with no matches, and now I got to figure out what to do with my team, how to reset it, and um and so I think that that's the only and he's you know, let's be uh, he's he's a bona fide football fan. It's not like he's a Johnny come fan. lately uh, baseball no. guy or something. Exactly. So it was, you know, and I, and I just say that be, to say that, it, you know, it's a, it makes for a tricky start to the season. And I think that uh, I'm hoping that in October we get like a nice clean reset. And I think it should be fine from there on out, right? From game weeks, you know, nine through 16 and right, right up until November, it should be a fairly clean slate. It's going to be very packed. We're going to have lots of matches. So if you, if you missed out on matches this weekend or last weekend, there are basically games 
all all week and all midweek from you know October one through November twelfth. You're gonna get your your total fix. So you know, enjoy this weekend if it's if it's if it's late enough where you live, Brent. It's a little too early still in New York, but this this is not we're not quite in apple picking season. I feel like I feel like we really need to you need to you need to be in month ten here in uh, here in New York. Yeah, to, to do that we, apple picking. it is not Mister Autumnal Man Pumpkin Spice Latte season. It's hot today in New York, <laughs> yeah. September eighteenth. It's hot. I felt I felt uh, uh, something a, a, a okay. something in the air this weekend. A little a little hint of of autumn. Okay, you know as fall as we call it here in the United States, Brandon. A hint of yeah. fall. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so we'll, we'll, yeah. So yeah, I mean, when, when games are back in October, it will be fall. Like we are there, 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 October is fall to me. So pumpkins and Halloween and all that stuff. So what yeah. are we talking about today? Brandon game week eight is here. Uh, we had matches. They, I, I had a great Saturday and I had a, um, kind of nothing burgers Friday and Sunday. And I feel like for you, it was, it was really Sunday was redemption Sunday for you, right? You sort of, you picked up, you, I, yeah. you must've gained about 400,000 spots on Sunday just based on, I, you know, play, uh, you know, player, <laughs> players who played for you that day. I dropped from roughly 200 K to 400 K after Saturday because I chose not to wild card. So I had no Spurs players. I didn't have Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, so I was worried, uh, mm-hmm. and everything was riding on Arsenal uh, yeah. th- this morning. I was worried and, about this podcast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it was it was I, I was kind of res- I resigned myself to my fate. I was like, oh, okay, I had a decent start to the season. It was all kind of the, the house of cards was going to collapse at some point. I actually uh, um, did a blackout for the Spurs Leicester match. So I didn't even track that match and then imagine like when I went back and did the like quasi match of the day with the, mm-hmm. with the 10 minute highlight package, it's like, what is going on fantasy wise? Why won't they fire Rogers? What is going on? Why? <laughs> it's like, is it like, like you made this mess? Like we don't want to own it. Like it's a weird, it's a weird so situation. I do think it's an interesting question with Brendan Rogers. I was listening to uh, the BBC 606 the radio call in show. It's like weirdo fans calling from all yeah. over the country. Yeah. And they pose this question to Leicester fans. Like, do you think that Brendan Rogers should leave? And then they go through Rogers's resume at Leicester. Two top six finishes last season. They were in the top 10 an FA Cup, a European semifinal. And, you know, when you kind of we remember you know, following the narrative so closely, we remember, well, the, all of these failures, the you failed sixes. to win a European yeah, title. Yeah, yeah you, you failed to make the top four when it was kind of there for the taking. Um, but stepping back, listening to this radio show, I was like, you know what? He's done a fairly admirable job he, with a sir- mid mid tier Premier League club, all things considered. He certainly has, but I mean, if he feels like even he wants to be fired, it's like it's a right. weird. So you know, that's where it's it like becomes that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where it becomes an interesting question of how much time do you give him? Because and and the fans were like, well, you know, maybe give him another few weeks. And I tend to agree with you, Josh, where it's not about whether he deserves the right to manage for another month or not it's clearly soured and everything that you've achieved in the last few years um it means something but in this present like looking forward it doesn't mean anything 
And yeah, yeah I think Rogers probably yeah. wants to go. He, they're at the end of the totally. cycle with their player pool too. Yeah, so this is like exactly. a moment that the whole club needs to embrace change. Yeah. There was this idea that they weren't, they didn't buy anyone in the summer basically because they don't kind of trust him enough to, you know, they didn't trust him to stick around or whether, you know, so it's like, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what they're, what they're waiting for. Maybe they're waiting for a particular manager to become available. Maybe, I mean, you know, is it, is it possible that they could get, um, uh, of course I'm forgetting his name. The the Spurs. Yeah. Pochettino. Like, is that, is that a possibility? I don't know. Maybe. Let me ask you this. Uh, if you were Brighton, would you hire Brendan Rogers right now? Wow. I mean, they could do worse. Sure. I mean, it's hard yeah. to say because I'm not like enough of an expert on like European managers, right? You know, so yeah. like in my head, it's like the pool that I'm picking from are like <laughs> Premier League, you know, Sam Allardyce and, and Brendan Rodgers. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like there probably is like some guy in like I mean Brighton, especially if they're so good at this, right? This is probably some guy in like the you know, the Swiss, you know, Premier League or whatever, yeah. who's like the sure. next Arsene Wenger. And they're, they, you know, I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, with, the, with the chaos the last couple of weeks, I mean, we really didn't even talk. I mean, I, you know, obviously last week was a, was a fest, uh, a fest live, a live fest pod. Um, and so we haven't really talked about, you know, some of the things that have happened. And, you know, the Queen's passing has obviously just shifted the narrative so much. But, you know, the Grand Potter move is, is pretty wild. And I think that yeah. it's, I'm really interested to see how it all shakes out. Of course, Chelsea didn't play this weekend. And so we didn't really get a chance to, to dig into it, you know, completely, but I, I don't blame him for moving. Um, I, I'm sure had, you know, he had I, to do it. It was one of those it. where um, a step up sometimes is not the right move for a manager, but yeah. a top four club immediately his first man, game he's managing is a Champions League match. Exactly. <laughs> this is the best thing that Potter could have done for his career. He, he gets I'm to, no Chelsea yep. fan, but I'm rooting for him, honestly. I, I am too. And I, the, what, what seems interesting about him going there is if, I feel like I've heard virtually nobody question whether he's like up for it, which is kind of interesting, right? I mean, it's like he's, he's certainly jumping a level and it feels like almost everybody feels like he is, you know, like a, like a, a strong a strong manager who can handle it. And But, you know, but the thing he didn't have was Champions League experience. And now he gets to book you know, basically a half dozen matches, right? Because they're all so clustered together. And he doesn't even have the pressure of, oh, this is Graham Potter's team, right? He didn't have like the summer to put a team together. So it's like the most low pressure time you could jump to a new club. And so I I totally, you know, get the the move there. So, and I I think Brightmore are right to take their time right now as well, right? Because um, they had that postponed match. So they basically got a month to, um, to figure out what they wanted to do. It's what we were saying with Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. Uh, Todd Todd Bowley comes into Chelsea. He's like the fit isn't right with Tuchel here, for better or worse. We've yeah. we've got to we just have to have chemistry in this club, and we're going to have to make some painful decisions to do that. And yeah, Leicester just yeah. need to get their act together. So yeah, like getting back to game week eight, uh, I wanted <laughs> to finish the happy story that is my my game week. So yeah, I, I held yeah. on to all my Arsenal guys including Saliba uh, and mm-hmm. Jesus. And they were genuinely my two biggest, uh, like if you look at fplgameweek.com, like it tells you within your mini league, who are your biggest yeah. differentials? Who, 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 who scoring points is going to help you the most in your league? And it was Saliba yep. and Jesus. So yeah. I ended up on a having burned four with t- only 10 starting players. I managed mm-hmm. a green arrow and I'm like ecstatic about it. So I'm, 
I still held within the top 200 K by the end of the game week, which feels good. Yeah. And, um, you and I are about neck and neck. I'm at, I'm at 202 K right now. So I think I maybe we be separate for like one point, um, between, uh, us. yeah, one or two points. Yeah. Even you yeah. played your wild card and still people are like you, 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 you and Josh had the exact same team. You went and played your wild card and still were like <laughs> just two points. Still, still similar, similar to points. And I, I, because I wanted to torture myself, I did go back and do the math. And if I had just made the two moves that I made, kind of for price purposes. So I, I brought in De Bruyne and Trippier. And if I had just mm-hmm. done that and forgot to wildcard, I would have scored as many points uh, this week uh, as I would have without wildcarding. But, you know, the thing is you can't bank on 15 points from Saliba, right? And you can't play that kind of retroactive game like, oh, Saliba, of course, is going to score. They're going to keep it clean yeah. to a Brighton team that's that's <laughs> been able to score, you know? Yeah, uh, to a Brentford team. Yeah, it was a miracle. A Brentford, uh, Brentford and, of course. Yeah, <laughs> that that kickoff was seven a.m. here, and I I woke up. Uh, your boy finally got a PlayStation Five, so I was up till like Ooh. one a.m. and then mm-hmm. and then I set my uh, alarm to get up at seven, and <laughs> I I I kind of dozed off right as Saliba scored that goal. So I woke up and I saw Saliba celebrating in front of the camera and um, that was like better than an espresso shot josh oh, immediately yeah. you're just like what happened what's going on i have to know everything <laughs> i know and i like didn't it's it's and it's like it's just like one of those it's it's why it's why i'm still shaking off the postponements a little bit too the saliba one hurt because i would have kept saliba you know i got him at 4.5 he shot up and but for me i was like well i'm on a wild card and you know, game week 12 is approaching where Arsenal have a blank, right? Because they've prioritized yeah. the um, Carabao Cup over Premier League fixtures, right? And so that that's that's when they're going to blank with, the, with Man City. Plus they have Spurs and Liverpool up next, which are a yeah. very slim, clean but he, sheet odds. But even then, I, I kind of, I might have stuck with him just as like a bench option, right? For like, as like a long-term investment. Uh, but I was like, no, I should be sensible and, and, and bring in, a, a, you know, um, Sven Botman uh, instead, you know? And so... And Anyway, it's, you know, so, you know, because he, they have a great uh, game week 12, I think they, they play Bournemouth at home. It's something, something like that. Um, yeah, they play Everton at home in game week 12. So, uh, and of course then he's like injured and doesn't even, doesn't even play, uh, in game week eight, but you know, 60 points, ultimately it's a green arrow. Um, it was, it turned into more of a treading water green arrow than a, like than a big one, which was, um, yeah. you know, but that's fine. I mean, a green arrow is a green arrow. I'm 200 K we're eight yeah. game weeks. There's in. no bigger tr- pitfall than playing your wild card like i feel like you're almost guaranteed a red arrow on a wild card exactly the mystery of fate like you have to have such patience with your wild card team so yeah to to have that green arrow right off the bat and for me who i I still have my wild card now it's you know it, it, it it's turning to that early season point where the wild card becomes an albatross where it's like mm-hmm. i don't know when to play this now yeah uh, yeah it's tricky and, but i still yeah. have to think about it um so i i don't <laughs> yeah. think i i don't think i'm gonna play it over the break um, yeah i i need to get my head uh, straight about what's going on with game week 12 and the arsenal city blank and how I can yeah. work that to my advantage, but I'm I not think, sure how. I think wildcarding into a break is is overrated in general, and I, I you you end up getting a lot of weird fixtures out of a break, right? I mean, not, I mean, not weird like weird matches, right? The 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 matches that get played kind of that first Saturday after a break tend to be a little a little strange, you know, like a little hard mm-hmm. to predict, and so. Um, 
Yeah, and looking at the game week nine fixtures, I don't love a wild card for those, right? Because you've got you've got yeah. a couple of derbies, right? You've got Arsenal, Spurs, and Man United, uh, Man City. It's a derby derby weekend, Brandon. I love it. Any other do we have yeah, any other colossal. derbies here? I just love saying derby. We have Crystal, uh, sure. Crystal Palace, Chelsea. Yeah, it's not really a derby, but I mean, it's a London. They're both London teams, uh, yeah. So you've got that. Oh, Leeds Villa. Yeah. That's that's a bit of a that's well. I mean, sort it's of. I don't know. They both. Uh, Villa's pretty far south of. There's Leeds, probably yeah. a train, a, a train between Leeds and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and Birmingham. So you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not British. It's only so far we can go yeah. with the derby talk. Anyway, the if point Palace is, it's a Brighton, tricky, if yeah. Palace Brighton can have a derby, then anybody can. That's what I said. Yeah. So it's a tricky. It's a tricky week. It's actually. I think. I think game week nine is actually kind of a tricky week to even set your defense right now. I'm looking at my my defense for for game week nine. It's they're all. I mean, I guess like Cancelo is fine, but you know, I don't have I don't have a uh, Trent anymore. You know, that's that's a big. I'm I'm, yeah. you know, I'm feeling that one. I left myself 1.9 million in the bank uh, on my wild card. That was one of the priorities for me was to have a lot of flexibility so that if I wanted to go KDB to Salah, I could do it. If I wanted to go from Perisic to uh, to a, a Liverpool defender or or Reese James, um, I could do it. I I didn't really. St- prioritize banking a player that I wanted to start for game week nine, because I didn't, I just wasn't in love with any particular fixture for that. Like, you know, Zaha, like yeah, palace host Chelsea, like that, that's not like a great match. Right. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Palace are like an amazing team when they're amazing. And when they're not, (laughs) it's just like, you're like, why do I have these players in my team? and also, like by by that point, I mean, let's see. Like, so Palace's last match was um, was away to Newcastle. You know, like I mean, it, they'll they'll bet like almost a month between matches. Yeah. Like, right. you know, like they're going to be rusty going into that match, right? It's yeah. a, kind of a hard one to predict. It's it's like they're basically going to have an off season. You know, eight weeks in. So, um, okay, yeah. Uh, hindsight tricky. hindsight is a horrible thing. But let's yeah. let's talk briefly about your wild card and how you're feeling about it. Like what? Yeah. Well, who who are the one or two players where you're just like, yeah. shoot, shouldn't have got those guys? Well, I actually, you know, what's funny is the, the only thing is I might have gone a little stronger defensively, but that I feel like that that's a little hindsight merchandise. Like I didn't go with Dean, yeah. and I and I went with Bailey instead. But but you know, ultimately. Um, the thing about like having Kane and uh, De Bruyne on my wild card is, I'm not you know I'm going to be Captain Holland every week like everybody else, right? So I, I'm not feeling any urgent need to bring Salah back at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. You know I, I'm not sure when I would Captain Salah next. You know so uh, and Harry Kane just seems up for it right now. You know and yeah. and Kevin De Bruyne is terrific and um, you know that that Good that plan. man's. Good player. I mean, he's a he's a good fantasy player too, right? I mean, he just gets you got two assists, you know, so easily. And you know, could have more. That was actually the 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 red card. I think was actually great. If you were a supporter, if you didn't have any Man City players or very few, that red card was was great for you because uh, that was a match killing red card, right? A red card Mm -hmm. forty minutes in when the score is two nil. Everybody in the stadium, everyone on the pitch knows how that match is going to end, right? It's it's yeah. over. And so yeah. they, it was just a walk around for the next, you know, 50 minutes. Whereas, you know, if it was a one nil match, if it was late in the match, you know, it's like if everyone's exhausted, that, then sometimes like the, the dam opens up, right? Mm-hmm. But that early on, they had the halftime to 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 regroup a little bit. And so, you know, they sort of scored one goal just, but that was like, the, they didn't really have chances, right? It was just kind of like, 
they, they weren't really trying to score uh, several goals, yeah. I feel like, to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Foden goal was just an immaculately created move yep. uh, goal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, beyond that, yeah, it was just kind of a, a bit of a kickabout. That's true. That um, Foden, Holland, De Bruyne, like, triangle, like, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, if I were you, I'd be feeling uh, pretty good about the wild card team going yeah. forward. I, I do. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, you know, if you, if you told me going into the season that I'd be 200 K a weeks in, I'd, I'd feel pretty good about that, you know? And so that's, I think that brings us nicely into, um, the theme of this week's podcast, which is Kings of the game week, Brandon, this is, uh, something we started last year, you know, it doesn't appear that Budweiser is still, is even a sponsor anymore of, uh, I'm not seeing them on the, on the premier league website. It's, 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 yeah. they are a sponsor of the league. If you scroll down to the bottom of premier league.com, you've got, they uh, are. you know, Barclays is the official bank. Got to have one of those, yeah. uh, now it's Castrol now oil. Saying, yep. Oh yeah. What else we got here? We got uh, yeah, Hulu uh, official watches, cloud partner is yeah. Oracle. That's, yeah. great. Who, That's great. Who would you get as your official licensee if, you know, just Ooh. as a casual fan of the Premier well, League? I, I do like the, the, the oh yeah, the, the Panini is kind of fun. You know, I think I told you <laughs> sure. I was doing a, I, I did yeah. uh, some Panini stickers with, uh, with Quinn, my, my five-year-old this weekend. And so that was a fun, uh, yes. that was fun filling the, filling that out. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I, it doesn't, last year they had like a, like there, there was the Budweiser, you know, cause of the King of beers. It was the Kings of the game week. And so, uh, we, uh, which is always, I thought it was kind of funny. Maybe it's, it's a little bit corny. Um, and so we did our, our, these, these sort of Kings of the game week, international break reviews. And, uh, basically we're going to go through and look at the, and the Kings of the game week. So this is basically what they used to call the dream team or the best possible team you could have put together for each game week, right? So if you, you know, if you were able to um, look ahead, you had the um, the Michael J. Fox in uh, Back to the Future Part Two. You know, sports yeah, the almanac. Sports almanac. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How detailed it looked like a thin comic book size sports almanac. How much detail was really in that day? <laughs> I um, mean, it was the fifties. They weren't stats nerds like we are now. But yeah, I yeah. I do think I, I believe this to be true that Kings of the Game Week. It's not necessary. It could be more than a hundred million pounds. I think it's just like, isn't it the like eleven top scoring people? Or well, yeah, does it I, I have guess to that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, it doesn't fit in the budget. You're right. I, I, I so I guess I wasn't explaining that very well. But, but yeah, basically, it's the uh, the best possible team. If, if you throw the budget out the window that you could put together yeah. uh, in a particular game. So it's kind of fun to go through these because there are certain narratives that emerge. I mean, obviously Erlen Holland will pop, be popping up very often in here, but there are other players that sort of surprise you and maybe change your perspective a little bit on, on the season. I remember Jose saw last year was just constantly popping up in here mm-hmm. and it was like, neither of us had owned Jose saw at any point in the season. It was like, man, this guy's having a great yeah. year. It's like every week it's the Jose saw show in the Kings of the game week. So that's what we're going to do. And just you know, we haven't really had a chance to do this in a while. And I wanted to quickly shout out the top 10 of the always Gene super league. Um, and so Brendan, I'll go ahead and read that off. Um, in 10th is Rob Duncan in ninth is Agraj Jakir Banjar. In eighth is Chelsea 11 FC. Wow, that might be the club itself, Brandon. That's incredible. Can, can the club join? In sixth is uh, Alex Keating. So I guess the, uh, we have a four-way tie for sixth. Uh, also in sixth is Luke Moore. Uh, in is that Luke Moore is, from the Football Ramble? I hope it is. I hope it is. is it, does he go by Cheese Nuggets? Because that's his team name. Uh, <laughs> that's the clue. In, yeah, in fifth is a no hit wonders Dimitri Vanderreek. Uh, in fourth is Runar Ovasen uh, Herpbach. 
I really did my best to say that correctly there, Brandon. Good job. Uh, in, in third is uh, Ozeg B. Uh, Akanisi. In second is Isam Elbiad. And in first is James Teague. So congrats to uh, everybody in the uh, in the top ten. And Brandon, we, I think we have something like twenty five thousand plus managers in the. Uh, yeah, we're beyond twenty six thousand at this point, and yeah. it's never too yeah. late. Just go to alwayscheating dot com. The league code or the auto join button is right there. Uh, and a quick word for our sponsors, Josh Patreon Patreon dot com. Patreon is not a sponsor, but you you kind listeners who contribute to our Patreon to say thank you to yeah. Yeah, me and Josh for what we do each week. If you want to contribute and get more fantasy content in return, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. A big thank you to new supporters. And I see some familiar names, people we met last weekend at Fest NYC. Amar Bargava, Tyler Moen, Renata Davis. Ahmed Abdelrahman and A. Isaac. Uh, yeah, so friendly faces there. And I did mention Fest NYC, Josh. Uh, despite the the match postponements, which like I can't even <laughs> imagine a more yeah. coincidental uh, thing happening. We were just talking about the movie, the Mads Mikkelsen movie, Riders of Justice, where it's like, yeah, what if you took an action movie and put correlation slash causation into the into the script <laughs> yeah, kind of what happened does with not equal causation yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> so uh we had planned to watch the game week seven matches at the beautiful uh sunset park rooftop in brooklyn and there were no matches but uh everyone a uh, hundred plus fantasy managers who still showed up hung out drank ate played fifa played actual irl football on a five-a-side pitch we did a live podcast recording with Mark Southerns. With if you're interested in that conversation, we released it on the podcast feed last week. So just go back to the previous episode of this podcast and hear our chat with Mark. And meeting Mark Southerns was a dream come true for both of us, Josh, because he's the guy who really inspired, inspired us just us. For, from yeah. listening to his Scoutcast with Granville to start this podcast. So really bringing things full circle. Yeah, uh, that's that's right. And, and great to meet um, you know Ed and Gianni, and and of course all the various the many many people. I mean the the couple that uh, listened to the podcast for the first time uh, a week before Fest, and yeah. that, that's uh, Renata, who is now a new yeah. Patreon supporter. Oh, geez, I, yeah, I went right. By, I didn't even like. I was just like, uh, I went right past that. Um, yeah, so you know, joint like they they heard the podcast the first time, and then and then. Came, you know, came and, and went to went to fast in Brooklyn. Um, mm. you know, a week later, and so there were a lot of stories like that. Two people came from you know from uh, Northern Europe, and uh, it just it was just a really nice mix of people. Obviously, um, you know, we'll 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 talk more about this later. I, I was sort of you know, it's funny you and I were talking about this before the pod. And we we're like, all right, now that it's done, we have to be conscious of our like friends in you know Central England listening to this who just you know mm-hmm. like, I'm just sick of Central fast talk, England. but it was Co- coastal the coastal England people are very anywhere very anywhere yeah yeah exactly <laughs> anywhere anywhere yeah I don't know I was just thinking anywhere anywhere it's like difficult to get here even via plane right so anyway yeah. uh thank you uh thank you to everyone who who came uh sincerely and um yeah but let's take a break and let's do our kings of the game week international break review UEFA Champions League football is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, and craziest fan bases across Europe. 
Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona, and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time, and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Ben, we're back. So this is our fun international break pod. We'll be back next week with a Game Week 9 proper preview and information for, I know there's a lot of wild carders out there, despite us negging on the wild card. I totally understand why people would want to do it during that break. So we'll, t- we'll talk more about that uh, next week. Right now, uh, we want to look back at the season to date. And there's been a lot of drama already, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's been a dramatic opening eight weeks. Yes. Yeah. I feel like we've lived uh, a whole season. I mean, if you just look at Erling Holland's goal tally, you would assume we've already gone through like 18 weeks already, given he has 11 goals already. It's it's incredible. I mean, he is really um, the story of the season. I, saw. I mean, I thought that the Tuchel Conte thing, a story would be the story of the season, right? Because that was so uh, that was so wonderful when that happened. But then, you know, once Tuchel <laughs> forgot was about sacked, it, <laughs> you know, yeah, okay, yeah, and, and Holland just just keeps doing what he's doing. So, uh, so the as just as a refresher, the uh, the. I'm going to call them Kings of the Game Week sponsor or not, Brandon. So Kings of the Game Week, best possible team that you could put together for each game week. We're going to go through. um, It would have been all eight weeks. Of course, we didn't have a game week uh, seven. So this is going to be the first seven official game weeks of the season. Let's look back at who uh, were the stars of each week. Game week one kicked things off, Brandon. Of course, the Mm -hmm. player of the week game week one, as we all remember, was Mm -hmm. Fabian Schar. Top Had to player. be that man. Top, mm-hmm. top fantasy asset. Although that he does love, I I, I noticed this uh, uh, even watching yesterday's Newcastle match. That man loves an out of the box speculative shot, doesn't he? He's, sure, he's, he's in love with it. He's, he's the new Andrews yeah. Townsend. He's he's watching Ruben Neves uh, game tape, <laughs> game film all day, every day. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, he's he is the dime store Marcus Alonso, Fabian Shar. Like, what if Marcus Alonso played center back? And you've got Fabian Schar. <laughs> Kids uh, for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was fine. I owned him for a, for a stretch at the end of last season when everyone right. was like, oh, Newcastle, pretty good. Um, so he's a, a fun player and he seems to be the most reliable center back. 
at Newcastle, given that Dan Byrne and Botman are rotating depending on whether or not Eddie Howe feels like he needs a super tall guy and, and defense yeah. or not. It's, it's a little wild that Newcastle haven't won a match in their last five fixtures. Like they're, yeah. they're like probably a little too good to have not won a match in the last five. Like I, I'm a little surprised that Howe has not been sacked. I mean, I guess I'm just firing everybody right now, but like, but seriously, like that's a pretty, they put together a pretty strong team and they only have one win on the season so far. That feels a little light to me. For, yeah. You can't just you know, sack. I mean, the, 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 the sack culture is, uh, I think overstated. <laughs> yeah. And the, sack lunch. You know, yeah. I, yeah. For, for all the sort of like dark money that's coming to Newcastle, I do respect how, they are building that team, that squad, and how they have trusted Eddie Howe. And um, they're, they're going to be fine. And, and it, it's kind of like, what was Newcastle's goal for this season? Given the way the you know standard top six clubs are going, there's yeah. really no chance Newcastle was going to get into the top four. So I kind of like this approach where it's a steady as she goes. Let's build a bit of a foundation that is very yeah. stable. And then we can start throwing out some big money to bring in some players that will then help us challenge for the top four. Yeah, that that's that, and that's fair enough. And maybe how is or is not around for that for that phase. I I actually like Eddie Howe. I used to really enjoy his his Bournemouth teams. I'm not convinced he is the right guy here, but I don't know. Who knows? Like mm-hmm. it feels like eventually they're just yeah. going to bring in some Ancelotti type, right? That feels like that's inevitable you know, mm-hmm. the next like two seasons. Um, anyway, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun uh, mix of players though in, in game week one, because you see um, like there's a couple of guys that we'll never hear from again in terms of the Kings, of the game week. And then there's a couple of stars who are, who are there already. Right. And you've got uh, Kelly making his, uh, that's Lloyd uh, one Kelly. Only. Lloyd Kelly, not, not, yeah, not Brandon Kelly, not your uh, long <laughs> sure or Martin cousin, Kelly missing the E or Martin Kelly mm-hmm. uh, and Jefferson Lerma. You had two Bournemouth players crack the uh, crack this game week one squad, and you know it's kind of funny with them. I mean, I, I was thinking about how the narrative is just that they are they are terrible and that they are like clearly going to go down this season. And yet they have more wins than many, many Premier League clubs yeah. already in the season. Yeah. I mean, they, they're not, they're not doing great, but they, they have eight points. I mean, it's not bad. They're, they're 12th in the table. It's, you know, you, it's the Scotty Parker effect. Like they had to get rid of him. Like his just loserness was just, seeping into the club and <laughs> now that he's gone there and you know i i'm i'm a little sour grapes on parker uh from sure, fulham, fulham point of view which yeah, yeah. so um but yeah i i think they look i like to see my old my old friend phil billing doing doing things uh, another classic 4.5 fantasy bench waster from his hutterfield days uh, <laughs> yeah. back in the league doing doing bits so i'm i'm rooting for bournemouth to get 17th place somebody's got to do it the best team you could have put together in game week one was a 3-5-2 apparently and uh in i i see three players who are clearly like three of the top players so far in the season in terms of maybe points in value you have mitro Holland, both at 13 points this week. And then Pascal Gross, who uh, had 15 points, has had a really, really strong start. It's probably in the form of his Premier mm-hmm. League life. And his, I, I, yeah, he's interesting because he's a little bit like Trossard. I mean, these, these sort of Brighton players that everybody is always really highly rated, right? I mean, I don't think anybody uh, 
is like shocked that Pascal Gross is capable of doing this, but it, it has never been a super consistent, you know, fantasy asset. Yeah, and I didn't. I wasn't a believer after the first couple of game weeks. I thought, uh, you know, this is a phase, and it's just that's the great disappointment. Especially like the fantasy perspective is the great disappointment about Potter going to Chelsea because Potter was having like the season to start yeah. with Brighton and all these guys from Gross to Trossard to Sanchez and Goal, Lewis Dunk. It was just like an affordable, fun team to get behind with your fantasy brain. And yep. I don't know if it's over. Uh, it feels like the smart money on it's probably over at this point, but uh, I don't think Brighton like suddenly start being a bad team now. No, I don't think so either. I mean, they're, they're, they, you know, and, and they've been too well drilled defensively and there's, you know, there's yeah. too much continuity there. And so, um, but does anything else stand out to you from game week, game week one, Brandon? Yeah, I will say this was the coming out party for Mitrovic, uh, a, a brace against Liverpool, and yep. you know we, and we we another guy I didn't believe, uh, and he's kept it going. <laughs> so you see a lot of like great stories here. Kulishevsky, uh, who was by far and away the best player for Spurs in that opening Southampton fixture, yeah. it ha- he hasn't really turned on as a fantasy keeper yeah, that's so true he looked like he was going to be the dude to own yeah. in, on spurs yeah. you know in the, after that yeah. first match i guess like honestly the weirdest guy here is Jorginho, um who and he was in a couple of kings of the game week last season like it's always a if chelsea gets a penalty he's yeah. he's gonna get max bonus it's like harrison reed uh this past weekend for fulham all the guys who are out there doing the dirty work making all the tackles completing a billion tiny little easy passes if they score a goal that's a locked in three points that's like why de bruyne yeah. is so good it's it's what it's what it's what makes people grumble sometimes about whether there's a different way to to allocate some of the points you know it's like yeah. it, i i still you know not not to have that conversation right now but like i still it would be kind of cool if like you know, I don't know if you're if your completion percentage is over 90 percent, you got an extra, you know, point or two for, you know, for even that alone would make a big difference. Right. Like if you were on a yeah. uh, a team that kept a lot of clean sheets, you'd get a four pointer or something like that. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so let's go on to game week two. We have our uh, the, the narrative has started. Let's see if it continues. And game week two is that man himself, uh, Gabriel Jesus the explosion yeah. had 19 points <laughs> should have had about 35 points uh watching that match in game eight two he was incredible as probably his best match yeah. I, certainly i don't know it was an incredible match from him it was uh, a, a one of many matches in which lester this season will score two goals and still get absolutely annihilated by the opposition somehow uh, yeah. but yeah i if you weren't a believer well, you kind of be, became quickly converted, pardon the sort of like pun there, to a believer. Um, There's a lot of that but, today. I don't know. Everyone like jumped on the – had he never scored on a Sunday before? I don't know. It felt like they were, they were, that well yeah. was getting hit hard today. Yeah, it's it's the Dave Saves uh, pun camp. Or it's, that's, not, that's, right. no, that's not even a pun. It's just words that rhyme. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like nobody still really knows what to make of Jesus because – it's complicated, right? Great right. player, great team. But what we're really trying to do with fantasy is like squint our eyes and figure out, is this guy yeah. capable of Just, getting two double-digit returns in consecutively? Yeah. 
just got his fourth yellow. What's up with that? I think it's four I think, yellow that cards yellow, that, Yeah, that yellow cost me like two points, and uh, that was very oh, was, aggravating. Oh, I was that that like uh, that was like a, a little ray of sunshine for me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, but it's, 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 it's cost him a lot just, of bonus. I think this season, yeah. you know, Brandon. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I, think, I, yeah. I suspect so. And I, I think with Jesus, the feeling going into the season was this is unbeatable value like to get uh starting number nine for a top four presumably top four team at eight million you've you've just gotta take it but now people you know everyone who wild carded i i didn't see any wild cards who kept jesus so here is the the gambit i want to see more king of the game week game week two jesus because I still have him. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think it's kind of 50 50 when we'll see this again. I feel like, you, yeah, you got to keep him for the, uh, I, th- I feel like for the North London Derby, they're home for that one. And, you know, that could be a high scoring affair, I think. And and then, yeah, maybe from there, you, you decide what you want to do. They play Liverpool after that. It's not a bad run, but then they uh, they blank in 12, you know? And so I think yeah. that that's, I think that's one of the reasons a lot of us didn't have him, I think, too, is it just, it's like if you feel like you you can approximate those returns with someone like Mitro on a wild card, it was hard to. It was basically you felt like you kind of saved a transfer, right? You know, if you yeah. just went ahead and 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 you know went with somebody else off the off the bat. Um, so yeah, Jesus was the king of the game week. This team, Brandon, would have uh, netted you 143 total points. Uh, it's up. the second week second week in a row. Interestingly enough, after this all this year of the forward talk that we have. Um, help to propagate. Uh, it's second week in a row when a three-five-two would have been the optimal yeah. uh, formation. And so uh, across the back line, we've got that man. I actually didn't know he was going to be here, but that man, Jose Saab, Brandon, is, <laughs> is yeah, there. Yeah, it's like Chekhov's, like Chekhov's gun, right? <laughs> exactly. Of course, he was going to appear. You have uh, Veltman, Kinsella, uh, Kinsella, Kinsella. I'll never get that right. Uh, and Ben Mee. Ben Mee had a little run there. Um, and uh, and then this was the beginning of the Rodrigo run, too. Rodrigo had 15 points in that match. And it, it's a shame because I was watching that Leeds match when he dislocated his shoulder. And it was, it was kind of a fluke thing. You know, it's such a shame yeah. because it really was uh, – uh, I mean, it wasn't a huge shame because I had known on my fantasy team, but you know, it was a, it was a shame for him because <laughs> yeah. he was in the form of his life. You're, um, you're doing great. You're having a. Well, here's, you're still and, having you know, a great. And here's season. the sad thing, though. Here's the sad thing. You know who the Queen's favorite player was? Rodrigo. Was it? Was you know, it Rodrigo? he's a huge lead supporter, and so I, uh, I don't so know. So not seeing him play for so long. I don't know. That's just to me. That's wild speculation, and I, you're doing it. I wouldn't do that myself. Okay, but it's it's interesting. All it's right, you, you yeah. uh, that was that was bait. You know <laughs> what happened there, and I and I took it. Yeah, the, these scores across the midfield are insane, though. All yeah. double digit hauls uh, from um, just like Hoyleberg. Yeah. Jensen. I always want to call him Femke, Femke Jensen from X-Men or something. <laughs> yeah, Mateus yeah. Jensen from Brentford, De Bruyne yeah. and Xhaka, who is, I mean, this is an, an outlier with a 12 point haul. He has had a fantastic season though. Three assists and one goal. I mean, that's, it's not, nothing oh. worth considering for fantasy, but by Xhaka's standards in terms of just goal contribution, how confident yeah. he's looked. Uh, like, see how many yellow cards does he only has two yellow cards through uh, standards, uh, seven matches? That's, that's not bad. I mean, that's like a reasonable. Yeah. Like he might he might get through that first, you know, nineteen without 
without without a suspension. It seems unlikely, but it, it's possible. Um, yeah, and so it's and then up front we have uh, we have Jesus, and then, and then Ollie Watkins, who um, I'm actually shocked that he cracked uh, one of these kings of the game because I feel like he has been a uh, pretty anonymous so far. This he's had he's had some moments, obviously. It's not that, yeah. but it's just sort of that. that I mean, it's just that Villa team has been kind of. Um, unexciting i don't really know i mean they've actually like strung together some okay results but it's just you know i don't know it just feels like um i just like last year was sort of interesting to see what was going to happen with them and this mm-hmm. year they're just they're they're 15th overall they've got you know i don't know like it, it feels like they're totally safe they're not going to they're that, they're they're very classic fantasy team right which is that mm-hmm. they're or, or I should say, not fantasy, just a Premier League team, which is that they are they're comfortably in the Premier League. It's like hard to imagine them going down. No one thinks that they're yeah. one of the worst teams, but they're also pretty clearly bottom half of the table. There's not yeah. a ton to get like super excited about if you're not a supporter, sure. right? Like Leon Bailey. Yeah, there's no uh, magic. Yeah, uh, for yeah, for no a neutral, magic. we just yeah. won't spend any time thinking about them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so you know, I think Bailey still offers some value. I, he didn't really do any much of anything uh, in the. Uh, uh, Southampton match on Friday, but you know, he's, he's 4.7 million. So it's, it's, it's yeah. fine. You know, like you just, just don't treat him like an every week starter. Um, don't treat right, him like a g- king of the game week, Josh. Don't treat him like a king of the game. Exactly. <laughs> but game week three, we do have a, a, a proper King, Brandon, uh, Martin Odegaard, your boy finally uh-huh. delivers and, and pretty good goals too. I, mean, I feel like the, he, he had the one that he like took off Jesus's foot in this <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when Billy Bob Thornton won the Academy award for sling blade? And, uh, when his name was announced, pulled out of the envelope Everyone at the awards ceremony went insane because Billy Bob <laughs> was their boy. Uh, yeah. He was Hollywood's boy. And yeah. uh, Odegaard is my Billy Bob Thornton. And I was so happy to see him receive this award. Yeah. Uh, I cheered yeah. when I saw the team, uh, the, the king of the game week, uh, come out on the site. It was, it was magic. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, he's a, well, he had some kind of illness today, right? I don't think I don't think it's anything serious. I can't remember why, why he was out today, but it was I think it was something. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on I'm on Dinnery's injury site right now, and the rap sheet is uh, calf shin heel injury, calf strain, uh, currently oh. being assessed. Like the idea of all three of them, all, all three separate injuries. He injured his <laughs> I think, calf, his I think, shin, his heel. <laughs> there's some sort of a pivot table thing that uh, Dinnery's got going here, and he 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 further defines in column C. It is a calf strain. Uh, it, that yeah. to me reads, you know, complete and utter speculation. Uh, yeah. Don't don't uh, aggravate this going into the international break. We'll give you two weeks to get right ahead of the North London derby. Yeah, but isn't he like he's he's Norwegian, right? And Norway's not in the World Cup, so oh, I, I guess that I guess it's not like he's not. It's just like rest for two weeks, right? And then you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. Come back, come back. Yeah, and he wouldn't. I mean, they're still playing the Cup of Nations, Josh. It's not like that's true. Uh, there's yeah, there are no matches going league. on here. That's that's very that's that's true. It's it's a funky midfield. Saint Max is in this one. Saint Max is a is a kind of guy who will pop up in these. Uh, you know, all, all year long. Right. It's like, you'll, mm-hmm. you, you never really want to own them in fantasy, 
that he'll six times a year he's going to be the top scorer <laughs> you know or like in the yeah. top you know five scores um and uh yeah it's a weird one i mean rodrigo's there again jack harrison who's had a much a nice bounce back season uh bernardo is in there and uh odegaard so yeah i think this entire midfield there's no one more expensive than seven million uh in this uh in this <laughs> best possible team you could put together for game week three uh my you know one of your highlights you talked about saliba this this morning um and you know for me the my highlight of the season was bringing in saliba for game week three and you know him scoring that goal was um you know just that's one of the greatest feelings you can have in fantasy which is to bring in a player yeah. and especially a defender and have him score a goal uh yeah. the week you bring him in it's just such a, such a <laughs> great feeling it's like you know um because it's, it's like a cherry on, it's like maybe you can get maybe you can like you hope for a clean sheet right but the goal is just this like unexpected it's like it's like someone comping your meal at a restaurant or something like what like uh, you know it's, <laughs> the meal was enough you know it's like, it's like this is great <laughs> you suppose bread's free well uh so far i think the through three game weeks the big story here is that joel veltman is twice king of the game week while erling <laughs> holland weird. is only once that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's and then up front you have Shea Adams and and uh, was it Brennan Johnson? Who is the the yep. Johnson? The yeah, Brennan Johnson. Brennan, right? Brennan Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So it, I doubt we'll see them again. Well, let's 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 hold out hope, though, Brennan. Maybe we'll see Brennan Johnson one more time. Um, all right, let's go to uh, game week four. The king of the game week this time around was Bobby Firmino. The top team would have had 149 points, Brandon, if you could put this together. This is a, a very they, – they've cheated here, Brandon. This is a very uh, Liverpool – so the, this the, you actually really could not put this team together because there are four Liverpool players in this uh, game week four. King uh-huh. of the, game week. the Bournemouth match, 9-0. Uh, just yeah. absolute dirty dirty deeds done um, – at a at a premium fa- fantasy wise here, yeah, Van Dyke twelve, Trent done. seventeen, Luis Diaz fourteen, Firmino, yeah, as you said, just absolutely ridiculous, twenty two points. Uh, the only guy able to outshine Holland who came in. This was the week where everyone was like, "Is uh, her is Holland going to get a rest against Palace?" I'm going to captain Salah. Now I'm going to risk it and captain Holland. And he scores a hat trick in the first half. And meanwhile, and meanwhile, Liverpool uh, score nine goals and (laughs) uh, Salah has a zero, zero goals or assists in a nine goal match. The most inexplicable result, right? Like I I just cannot believe that actually happened. That is insane. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of the Forest matching game week five, where Holland does the hat trick in the first it's half. The next, the next. And this was, I think, <laughs> yeah. this was a second half hat trick in this case. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> game week four. We're not going to be able to keep these hat tricks straight by the. Yeah, you know what it was? The, it was uh, the. It was the Crystal ahead. Palace game. The Crystal Palace okay. game was the one yep, where he right, scored the uh, right. late, the late hat trick. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Gross uh, is back. Brighton, as we said, Grant Potter. He was yeah. very focused on Kings of the Game Week. You know, if you're watching uh, Arsenal All or Nothing, Mikel Arteta always has something uh, really clever to say to get the team pumped up before every game. Like, this is your heart, this is your brain, or here's a tweet from uh, Ivan Tony. I think uh-huh. before every match this season, Graham Parter would just show everyone the Kings of the Game Week team selection from the previous week and say, do, do, do you want to be in this team or not? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. I mean, I, I think that for some people that's really going to, I mean, Havertz, I, if, if Havertz is on a game week, nine, uh, <laughs> we, 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 K O T K O T G. We need, we need a better uh-huh. name. What did you say? That acronym? Uh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's, um, this is this was a fun this was a fun week for fantasy. Almost all of us had had pretty big uh, scores this week, despite the Salah captaincy fail. And uh, yeah, this, Raheem Sterling finally finally. It's kind of weird. I mean, Raheem Sterling is like it feels like um, it's his goals have not like um, I don't know. I have like a Sterling problem. I have to say, it's like it's hard for me to see him as like. I don't know. Maybe it's because he was like, I mean, a, a couple years ago, like that season when he scored 20 as the 2019, 20 season, mm-hmm. I was like, this guy was like the best, like, you know, he's like the best player in the premier league possibly. You know, it was like, he was like, incredible, you know, top five. And, um, just the, the dip of the last, the last couple of seasons, it's like, I, I kind of don't trust him as much anymore. And so, you know, he had this little run there. Where he scored two goals in the Leicester match. I think he scored both of them after the, um, there was a red card in that match. Um, so it was two goals, uh, 10 and 11, uh, and then he scored again the next week uh, in Southampton. And um, but on that, it's you know it's four blanks and six. And um, I don't really know. I mean, I'm not sure if Chelsea supporters feel like they've. they've I, I guess it's pretty early, right? But you know, it's hard to say whether they feel like they've gotten what they wanted out of. Out of yeah, so far. I think I think they have. Uh, he's uh, he's added more light. Going back to what we were saying about Aston Villa, where there's just no magic. There's no noise coming out of that club right now, and. After, uh, you know, a season and a half, two seasons with Timo Werner and Kai Havertz, you know, all credit to Havertz for scoring a game-winning goal in the Champions League final. But uh, Sterling has brought uh, brought a level of magic to that attack. That's true. And he scored a goal. uh Yeah. Yeah. In the Champions League last week, I think, did he score the only goal in a 1-0 win? Yeah. So there's there's a certain level of dynamism that they've got and the points haven't quite come for fantasy as consistently as you'd want, but, um, it's a good deal. All right. All right. Fine. I'll, I'll rescind my, my Sterling it wasn't <laughs> even criticism. Exactly. Just my own, my own, I, I'm stating my issues with him. All right. That brings us to game week five. You talked about Holland. This is, I think now the third time that Holland has appeared on our list and he is the actual king of the game week. Finally, Holland is the king of the game week, Brandon. Um, once again, we've got a three, five, a three, five, two. And again, they've cheated the best possible team you could put together, which now is no longer even true because you literally couldn't put this team together, uh, is, uh, have Cancelo stones, Holland and Alvarez, who I, I feel like if Alvarez were, if, if there were no Holland, we would all be in love with Alvarez, right? It's like sure. his is sneaky. Awesome. And it's just that Holland is, is so good. It's kind of taken all the, all the spotlight at Man City. Yeah, and it's taken all the minutes away from Alvarez too. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah, yeah. he looks like a, kind of like an upgraded version of Torres from last season. You're like, wow, this guy is good, and he's got a little bit. It's sort of he's got a little bit more you know gravity to him than mm-hmm. than than Torres does. So yeah, yeah, I'd love to see him play more minutes. But I I just remember being so cheesed that I did cheesed. Why did I say that? I was not happy that I did not captain Holland for his hat trick against Palace. So I was bound and determined to captain him this week. And it's just like two 17 pointers in a row is, is an, yep. is incredible. But did, was there ever a moment, Josh, where you were tempted to put the armband on Sinistera at Leeds, 
Duke walks away with 10 points yeah, in this game. He is good. You know, I had I brought in Aronson either this week or the following. Uh, and I, so I ended up watching all of these Leeds matches and he is he's quite he's quite a good player. It's it's sort of funny because, you know, Leeds are another one of these teams that they've only actually played six matches so far this season because of the postponement this weekend as well as, as well as last weekend. So, it's, you know, it's hard to really have a read on, 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 mm-hmm. on them. But I, I feel like. Um, I don't know, like they're, they're sort of, you know, we talked about Villa and like a, like a team that's safe. And I, I guess maybe the Leeds thing is more fun because there was a, there, uh, there's a real concern that they may not be able to stay up this season. And I feel like that is, that feels less pronounced now. I, I, you know, it doesn't feel quite as, quite as risky. I mean, where they were than the table, they're already, I mean, that's, it's, it's a fine start, right? I mean, you know, they've only played six yeah. matches and so they're, they're 11th on the table, two, two and two. Um, but yeah, I think he looks good. Harrison's better. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I think realistically, I'm not sure how many fantasy players are really going to ever have. Maybe if Patrick Bedford could ever keep, keep his health, you know, the like mm-hmm. same period, um, then I, I think that maybe unlocks the entire team a little bit more, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Rodrigo was offering fantasy value before, uh, you know, before his injury, so, and then Jaden Sancho popping up in here too, Brandon. And yeah, this I think marks the moment where fantasy managers are like, okay, I'm paying attention. So this was yeah. Manchester United's third win on the bounce after losing yeah. to Brighton and Brentford. Uh, yeah. 1-0 victory over Leicester. Sancho's second double-digit return in three weeks' time. Uh, so he's got two goals on the season. And you're kind of like, hmm pretty good value Mm -hmm. the fact that marcus rashford is cheaper than sancho and returning as well has meant that we just haven't said a single thing about sancho and there's really nothing more to be said about him after everything you said last season josh (laughs) yeah i mean what 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 else can i say about i don't i don't even know what to think anymore the yeah i mean him i'm like i i actually I am willing to give him the blank slate treatment. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, let's give him a, and DeVore just, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's, he's been, you know, impressive so far. I feel like, um, Ten you know, Hog? I don't know. Or Ten Hog, Martin DeVore. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what a, what an insult. Total dig. You know, we started recording late tonight and, uh, <laughs> sometimes we record late. I start to slip a little bit. I think I called, uh, I called Brent for Brighton earlier. You know, this is, this is, this is going to happen sometimes. Ideally we should record at like 6am, you know, when we're at our sharpest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am very willing to, uh, com- you know, him, I mean the entire team, honestly, you know, Dallow, I, I, you know, I put in the same camp, right? Like just like a full, like, all right, let's, let's look at these guys with fresh eyes yeah. because clearly it's a, it's a new, um, it's a new program. And if Ronaldo can actually accept, um, coming off the bench, then, um, I think that really helps the squad as well. Right. It's, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't have to feel the pressure to funnel everything through, through him. So, uh, game week six, um, speaking of, uh, Marcus Rashford is the player of the week at 18 points that week. Uh, it was 135 points overall. Oh, you have a f- different formation this time around, Brandon, the best possible formation would have been a three, four, three. Uh, but, uh, yeah, McAllister and Trossard, uh, across, across the middle. This is, I know, read the whole, read the whole team because this is, I'll, I'll read it. This is the sketchiest Kings of the game week ever. (laughs) All right. So up front, you've got Tony Solanke and Daka in the midfield, Rashford, McAllister, Trossard, and Daniel Podence. And in the back, you've got Nathan Collins, Joe Gomez for Liverpool, who has had 
just a nightmare of a season, but still king of the game yeah. week. Uh, ben Chilwell and the esteemed who came Nick on in like who, who came on in like the seventieth minute of that yeah. match too, like it was, <laughs> yeah, and and basically won won the match. So I remember uh, the wonder was for could could McAllister for Brighton uh, keep it going, uh, and we mm. were like, it's impossible. He he's a deep lying midfielder. He he really is only scoring points from you know direct set pieces and pens. And lo and behold, Brighton have just got a ton of free kick, direct free kicks and great positions <laughs> yeah. and pens. Yeah. And yeah. McAllister has got now this would be his third double digit return in four weeks. It's just so unusual, his his name, right? Like an Ar- a guy from Argentina whose name is McAllister, like Mac Allister. It's like the very Scottish I'm just confused by it. I, I'm, I'm, it's it's totally great. It's yeah. just it's just interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. What, what are the roots there? It's like okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's just a very weird team. And then Solanke scores again uh, yesterday. So maybe maybe we finally have a. a I mean, I, how cheap is he? he's got to be five uh, sub sub six point. Like five. Oh, he's five point seven six? now. Yeah, so he's dropped a lot, and so. It's interesting. Yeah, the Solanke goal, Philip Billing scored a nice goal uh, yesterday as well. And now we did see Billing, right? Oh, no, that was Jefferson Lerma. Wow, so we have a lot of Bournemouth <laughs> sneakily filled up this uh, Kings of the Game. Yeah. We just call them the, the Kings of the Bournemouth, Kings of the, the, the mouth, you know. Of, uh, I want, I just river. want, I want a, yeah, a weekly, ocean. let's call it a weekly uh, six pack. Budweiser six pack <laughs> where we just get Brighton and Bournemouth players who perform the best. And you got to throw in some wolves cause got a bunch again, somehow <laughs> it's always so many wolves players. Um, and you had Bones and, and Collins. Um, so this is a good, I mean, this is a good reminder by the way, that it's, it, fantasy is is hard. It, like it is not like a thing <laughs> yeah. that you can just sit down and just totally crack, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone is like, yeah, the, sorry, bro. The, they solved the game, and I'm looking at this team where I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, of Collins, Potence, <laughs> Gomez, one, two, three. Yeah, there's like f- four or five of these players are second choice, like uh, starters of their team. And so that that's game week six. We skip a week, uh, game week seven, uh, rest in rest in power, QE2. And uh, that brings us to uh, game week eight, Brandon. Which, uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was only seven, seven matches. Uh, so the, the highest possible score for game week eight is, is a bit low. Uh, it's uh, it'll be 122 points. The player of the week is Sun, who uh, came on in the 65th minute, like of the man. Absolute banter. It's it's kind of annoying because I I mean it's like you know he would have been tempting but I just was not going to bring in a player who everyone was like he's not even going to start this week you know it's like he's it's like twelve million or like whatever he is now eleven point seven for a player who's going to start for game week eight like what I couldn't do that you know and so yeah. it was yeah it's it was, it's hard to uh, continually pummel uh, Ward at the Leicester goalkeeper for this and. Some very nice goals that have been scored throughout the season against Ward, but the fact yeah. that Son knew that anytime he just got the ball, it, it was like he was playing FIFA, like just shooting from the top <laughs> of the true. D. That He's like, just get one. it on target. This yeah. guy can't stop anything. Somebody tweeted this clip of Mark Corrigan from Peep Showers. Like he shows up to a five aside game to try and like talk to somebody from work and. 
he gets the ball kicked at him and he's like you can't kick the ball that hard it's dangerous somebody's gonna get hurt <laughs> and uh <laughs> and this is this is ward at lester right like he he wasn't told that son was gonna kick the ball that hard <laughs> it's so i feel so i actually it's funny because i uh I, I I was taking um, uh, the kiddo out. Uh, it, it was like maybe seventy minutes into this match, and uh, it was I think he, his son had just scored, right? And so it was uh, I think four two at the time, and uh, and I stopped tracking him around like the eighty second minute, and uh, and then later on I was like six two, like what, what happened uh-huh. there? Oh. It's a very it's a very you don't see a lot of six twos, very, very lopsided. So yeah, so Sun is the the player of the week. And then you've got uh Betancourt, who I thought was incredible in this game. Like, oh my God, what a what a like, the ball winning. Like it was mm-hmm. really impressive. Like, not just in terms of his fantasy output, but just really, really good mm-hmm. game. And I, I I have to say I, I really have never I mean, I mean it's not a Spurs sport, so I just haven't given a little thought to Betancourt one way or the other, but I yeah. thought he was really terrific and feels like he could be a really valuable player for them. So, um, yeah. And then, and then you got Harry Kane who I brought it on my wild card. I thought he had a, um, a very caney kind of match. Um, and, and they're just so good. And so this is like the story that people keep talking about, but it really is kind of fun to watch them because you know, they have the set piece coach. Right. And so it's like mm-hmm. every set piece now, it like, it seems like they're going to score. Like they're so good on these set pieces yeah. and it's like, it's like incredible. Right. It's like the Eric Dyer, uh, you know, goal, like it was a beautiful, like everything was perfect. And it was just, and so uh, that, that, you know, it, if you have Kane in fantasy, that's just what you want to hear, right? Because Kane is his ability to, to find space on set pieces is incredible, right? And so I feel like yeah. that's going to translate into some easy goals for him this year. Yeah, and the other Harry Harrison Reed, who scores his first goal ever yeah. for Fulham, uh, turned out to be a game-winning goal. Like it was a classic yeah. championship match where no defense <laughs> was really being played. Yeah. You, you love to see it, uh, and. You got to be and, excited about uh, Fulham, though, right? They're they're six in the table now. It's it's pretty awesome. I'm very excited, like just to see Fulham playing well. Like, just yep. it, they're fun to watch, and it has mm-hmm. been eons since anybody who was a Fulham fan has been able to watch them be fun. It's been like yeah. a decade since they've been fun in the Premier League. And the Mitro, the Metro thing working uh, this year is yeah. fun too. Who, who would have thought they would score three goals with nothing? Yeah, from, just just from play or, to or the players' Pereira. strengths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And pa- Paulinha is really just a revelation and uh, a transformative signing there. So yeah. I see a yeah. few other redemption stories here, Josh. Uh, Tyrone Mings, yeah. who was uh, the the uh, not the apple of Steven Gerrard's eye to start the season. And here he is Mingzy. proving Stevie yeah, G wrong, making the King K O G. Yeah. We're going to have to work on that. You know, we'll, we'll come up with something. I'm going to drop it. What drop one of the letters. Um, the, uh, Saliba we talked about already. Uh, Begovich too came in, came in for Pickford and, uh, and kept a clean sheet. Didn't have much mm-hmm. work to do. I don't know that like, I mean, I, I guess there was one, um, one shot off the post um, yeah. uh, and I think that was pretty much it. Um, there just wasn't a lot of, uh, I, I don't know. It feels like things, uh, it's not clicking right now. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sack another manager on this week's podcast. <laughs> it, it, it feels like things, things have to turn around sooner than later with West Ham, right? This, this David is, Moyes is like, uh, the picture of old age or like, it's not old age. It, it's a picture of somebody who has been cursed. And I think he's been <laughs> cursed with football management 
But mm-hmm. um, I mean, he he needs to transition to sport coats because the sweater thing is not working for whatever's right. going on. Yeah, with that, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not great, but but honestly, yeah, West Ham the team looks worse than David Moyes does right now. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not quite sure you know why, and so um, that's that's a, that's 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 a podcast. I'm sure there are West Ham podcasts out there, but where they dive into that for a long, long time. So we'll we'll leave that to them. Um, and yeah, and I, I mean, another like I mean, you look at this look at this this King of the Game Week team, right? You've got Betancourt. Uh, Reed scores his first goal. Ramsey hasn't even been a starter, uh, and Fabio Vieira, who mm-hmm. I, got, got like his first minutes for, for Arsenal uh, over the last couple of weeks. So it's you know, and then and then up front, yeah, I mean, talk about redemption story. You have Neil Mopi who took it was a very nice goal too. Yeah. I thought he really yeah. struck that very well today. He needed that because he was playing absolute garbage for until yeah. up to that moment. Uh, but uh, yeah. Credit to Lampard, Josh. We've got to give somebody credit every week. So the weekly <laughs> always cheating credit, too, goes to Frank Lampard. Wow. We're doing it. All right. He was very dressed up today, too. Like, uh, it was as dressy as I've ever seen him. I think a lot of people were dressing up for, for QE, too. Uh, that's yeah, my, my thinking. I, I, think, I think you're probably right. Um, yeah. Save it for the poppy season. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, poppy be, season is right <laughs> around the corner. Yeah, you're going to need those suits, you know. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that is our, uh, that's our King of the Game Week review. Thank you to everyone for, um, listening to this podcast. Thank you. Uh, you know, if, if you've, if you've gotten this far, uh, thank you, um, for listening and we'll see you next week with a, a standard FPL pod. Uh, and yeah, enjoy next week off, you know, go, go do something fun that has nothing to do with sports. Ideally, you know, go, yes. go see a movie like, a, you know, I, I still haven't seen Nope. Brandon, I might try to find uh, just see it. Nope, next weekend. Yeah, see, I, I would recommend it. I enjoyed it. And uh, if you to. if you just can't find anything to do, maybe just visit patreon.com slash always cheating and support the pod. Jump on the Slack, chat with us there uh, about FPL or non FPL related things. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating where you thank us and you get more FPL content in return. What we do every week, Josh, to end the podcast is thank our producer patrons. Thank you, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, to Big Gaffer, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uong, Shiv Marjoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Vulgar Paulson, Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy. I'm, I feel like I'm out Struggling of shape here. I'm like really <laughs> climbing up that hill today. Uh, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Roberto Morals, and Thomas Tislov. Rate, review, subscribe to Always Cheating wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Hell Cheaters. Instagram at Hell Cheaters are a couple of snaps from Fest NYC up there see what it looked like what it was all about for all this information and more visit us at alwayscheating.com anything else josh no i'm just gonna thank everybody i'm doing a lot of thank yous people but they you know thanks again uh, to everyone who came to fest uh we really did appreciate it, it really um we i think we all made the best of a um of a tricky situation so uh just you know given the circumstances but uh i had, a, I had an amazing time I, you know my family showed up late uh, for that and uh my wife said that I, I was like beaming when she showed up, which is, uh, you know, so it was, it was, I think you, you and I both had a, had a really 
great time there. So, um, yep. but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to a week off and, uh, yeah, but we'll be back next Sunday with our standard pot. So talk to you soon. I'm looking forward to it. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.